Man podcast. Yes. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it nowadays? But only real fans, true hardcore fans, would know two things. Two things about us. Two fundamental truths and not at all made up upon the spot facts about the two of us, uh, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost is the fact that in your spare time, Bunny, you are a country music songwriter, which I always admired about you. Tell the audience, Bunny, just a few of the songs that you have written. Um, my, my dog likes it doggy style. Nice. Um, horse pussy smells like hay. Um, huh? That's my, that's, that's my favorite Dwight Yoakam song. Saddle that cow and ride it all night. You know, and, and, and my big hit eat at Joe's. Uh, Eat at O's. <laughs> Eat at O's. Yeah, uh, and it's, this- it's just a hobby. I I I I, I want to be the Chuck yeah. Tingle of country music. That's yeah, why. I that's mean- why so many of my songs they they involve bestiality of some sort. Yeah, well, we all need hobbies. That's why I manually masturbate animals for artificial insemination. <laughs> and the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So here's what I like to do. Oh, Natasha just found out about the, the, the prison tattoos I gave the kids. I don't want anybody messing with them in the, in the, the jail yard. I'm not going to you know, during recess, you know, when they're all in the yard. Oh. I don't want anybody shanking him. I gave one Eleanor too, but she freaked out, so I only gave her half of a teardrop. <laughs> yeah. But they look tough. They look tough. The socias aren't gonna mess with them now. No. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, but Yeah. But, but what? Taking my Mexican child and making him a stereotype. I am not making him an Aussie-um type. Dark skin, teardrop tattoo. Who did he murder? Who knows he's Mexican? He's bad news. Stay away from me. Wow, way to turn it on me. Way to turn it on me. Uh, But can't you see see the resemblance to Johnny Depp? Yeah. Crybaby. I know. Crybaby. No. So I'm a lover of history. So this is the part of the show where I get a story from uh, the history books, maybe one that you don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It's short and direct. And my son thinks that people should use it instead of shoot. Like, ah, Shap, I forgot my keys. Shap! That was Uh, his idea. That was Maxwell's idea. I think it's a pretty good idea. It's a good one. It's a good one. And so this week on the old Shappity Shap Shap, I've got two words for you. Two words, buddy. Are you ready for the two words? Yes, I am. The two words are goat testicles, bunny. 
Okay. Goat testicles. Wikipedia, bunny, is an amazing thing. And uh, one time I was working at the bookstore and I was helping this old lady find something, find a book, and I knew where it was. Let me take you to it. And I took her to it and she gets the book and, and, and we start talking, this really old white lady. And she asked me if I knew what Wikipedia was. And I said, yes. And, and I told her I use it regularly. And this 80 something year old white woman was just shocked. And I, oh, but this is just, you know, this isn't an encyclopedia or anything like that. This is just people online agreeing to what should be history. Why would you use this? And how could I trust it? How can you trust information that you find on the Internet? And I told her that that I wouldn't use it for a school report on World War II, but if I forgot the names of the two Darrens on Bewitched. Yeah. I go to Wikipedia and this woman's face just lit up because here's <laughs> this young, long-haired Mexican kid talking about Bewitched. I was speaking her language. Yeah. Yes, and you were. Like, I wouldn't use it to learn about like social unrest in Yemen. Uh-huh. But if I wanted to know about the writing of the Gilligan's Island theme song, I go to Wikipedia. So I really love Wikipedia. And if you really look hard enough, it can be filled with some really amazing things that have, that I believe have been lost to history. Case in point, this week's story, all about a man named John R. Brinkley. Okay. Goat doctor who almost became governor of Kansas before dying penniless. We will be discussing this man, John R. Brinkley. The R stood for Romulus. So I looked up Romulus, and apparently, Romulus is the name of the planet that the Romulans called home following their exodus from the planet Vulcan. I didn't know that about Star Trek, so I looked it up, but I want to talk about this. So you mean to tell me that Romulans were from Vulcan? Yes. And then they said, we've got to flee the planet Vulcan. Where should we go? Where should we Romulans go? I don't know where where the Romulans should go. Hey, what about the planet Romulus? (laughs) That sounds like the most ridiculous fucking shit imaginable. You mean to tell me that there was a planet called Romulus that the Romulans went to? That's just bad songwriting, Petey. Well, they were probably Vulcans when they went. Okay. Okay. Well... Yes, Maxwell? Um, Romulus? Kind of sounds like Roman. What is the Romulus? The, the, Rom- the Romans. Um, yes. What if they the Romans from the planet Romanless. Romanus. What if they came to Earth and then transformed into Romulus? And it, also, started so we're eating aliens when we eat so, ramen noodles. And we're, like, what you're saying. we're like destroying their, like, now they're endangered. Gotcha. And we're, like, making them. So this is the story of John Brinkley, born in 1885 in Jackson County, North Carolina, to a poor mountain man who, quote, 
practiced medicine, which I think in 1885 meant that he probably didn't go to a fucking medical school. Yeah. You know? Shit like that. Like, are you a doctor? No, but let me take a look. I think is what that means. Yeah. It's kind of so, like John- it's kind of like your friend who knows about cars. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I could take a look. So growing up, uh, John Brinkley's parents died when he was very young, and he dreamed of one day practicing medicine like his father. That was his dream, and that's kind of important. But he went to school and got a job delivering mail and eventually worked his way up to telegraph operator. Oh. Then he met in love and uh, he met and fell in love with a woman named Sally. They were married, and shortly afterwards, they started traveling from small rural town to small rural town, pretending to be Quaker doctors, offering toxic miracle cure sort of nonsense. You know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, you know, miracle elixirs, that sort of shit. Yes. Radium tonic. Yeah, stuff like that. You know the drill. After a year of this scam, they settled in Chicago. They had a child. And John Brinkley enrolled in Bennett Medical College, a well-respected and exceptional, just kidding, it was a crazy-ass uncredited school for quacks. (laughs) And he racked up quite a bill because they had a hard time paying for the, 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 the tuition. And so he worked double shifts and triple shifts to try and afford the school. His relationship got rocky and they broke up and got back together a couple of times. Eventually, they left Chicago and also left a crap ton of unpaid bills like the bill collectors were after this man. Okay. they ended up moving all over the country until finally John got a medical diploma of sorts from a shady scam diploma mill. And his wife finally left him, due in part to John's mad quest of becoming a questionably credentialed doctor. Eventually, John goes into business with a guy named James Crawford. They're in South Carolina, and they find men that are worried about their stamina. Oh, man, I'm so about my stamina and my virility, and I'm so worried about that and my vigor and shit. And what James Crawford and our man John R. Brinkley start doing is they go, they start injecting colored water into their private parts. Okay. Like you do. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, "What, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, oh, this? It's brand new electric medicine from Germany. You know, the Germans always make good stuff. That's from the ShamWow commercial. I took that part from the ShamWow commercial. Each injection costs in today's money roughly $700. And after two months of uh, colored water injections, they fled the city because people were getting pissed and they were just basically scared lot of money and also the bill collectors were were after the both of them like freaking hunting them down well so they, they were fled. pissing like red and blue and mauve yeah. and teal <laughs> yeah 
Eventually, John got work at a slaughterhouse and the guys working there, working on the kill floor and stuff like that, they would talk afterwards. They'd go to a bar, get a drink, smoke a cigar, and they'd talk. And a lot of the talk was around, hey, you know what the most healthiest animal is? It's the goat. Let me tell you, goats are healthy and they're virile and they have strength. That's the healthiest animal right there. And John Brinkley's all, huh, mental note. Remember that or later in the story. So then John Brinkley fought in World War One, albeit only for two months. He had a nervous breakdown and was discharged. OK. Back in the States, he got married a second time. Never mind the fact that he was technically still married to the first wife. But this time around, he said, OK, I am married to a new woman, I'm going to start a new life. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to turn the corner. I, John Romulus Brinkley, am going to lead a straight life, the straight and narrow. I'm going to turn my life around for realsies this time. Okay. So he sets up a clinic in Milford, Kansas. He opens up a clinic, and as far as history shows, he... He does good. He is a beloved in the town. He's really friendly. He makes house calls. He pays everyone real fucking good. And when the flu pandemic hits the town, he treats the town with kindness and grace and goes to everyone's house and makes sure that they're healthy. He really did seem to turn his life around. And he was finally being the doctor he always wanted to be. Good for him. Then one day, a man comes into his clinic. Okay. Oh, the man's all, gee, I feel so weak and lazy. I have no drive to even get up in the morning, let alone please my wife. I sure do have problems with virility and manhood. I'm sexually weak. If only there was some sort of cure, I wouldn't pay anything, anything to help me. <coughs> This problem that I have with my manhood, if only someone could help me. Yes. Yeah. And this sets John's inner scam artist into overdrive. Like, imagine Jared from Subway going to a Girl Scout meeting. <laughs> And I imagine this guy's doing his feel and John Brinkley's just there biting his nails, like all nervous. Like in those cartoons where Sylvester the cat is trying not to get Tweety Bird. Yeah. Uh-huh. That was that was John Brinkley. And finally, you know, the man can't resist. And he's like, I have just the remedy. You see, the healthiest, most virile animal in all of nature is, of course, the goat. Their energy and stamina are unmatched. And if you want that sort of strength and vitality for yourself, then all I have to do is a really simple surgical procedure. I need to cut open your ball sack. And plop in two goat testicles. Okay. Which he did yeah. for this one. And a number of other men. 
And in today's numbers, each goat testicle surgery netted John Brinkley roughly $10,000 per surgery. Not bad. So suddenly, John R. Brinkley is back to scamming. Fun fact, the goat testicles were not surgically grafted onto the body. No, they were dropped loosely into the testicle sack like a pebble in a can of soda, bunny. <laughs> plop, plop. Imagine a cup of water. Now imagine you're, you've got an upset stomach, so you plop two alcohol that are the goat testicles going into your nutsack. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine, buddy. Just imagine. I hate to do this, but just imagine feeling your testicles. Now imagine there's two others just rambling around in there. Yeah. Like like mints in your mom's purse. <laughs> just rolling around in there. Yeah. You got four nuts all of a sudden. Two of them came from an animal that eats trash. And, it's amazing. And really, why why even bother? I mean, you know, you could just cut open the scrotum, sew it back up again, say you put fucking goat testicles in there. Yeah, he would Who's put gonna actual, know? He would put actual goat testicles in there. Uh John Brinkley's goat testicles tramp transplants became a huge hit. He did more and more. And again, he's not a doctor. Not a doctor. Shh. He's doing these surgeries, oftentimes drunk. His clinics are not sterile environments. And sure, some people got infections. And yeah, an, a, an unknown amount of people died. But it doesn't matter because John Brinkley's back on his scams and he's making crazy cash. He doesn't care. He doesn't stop. And in the 1920s, this is what propelled him to celebrity status. Okay. There are a few tiny articles about the, the the goat man, the goat doctor who's out there doing these experiments. But what really made him famous in the day, in the 1920s, was one of the men who somehow survived the procedure had a son. Okay. And the, the man credited this with, <laughs> I didn't have a child before. And now that I've had this surgery, I have, I have created a son. And the newspapers fucking ran with it. Goat baby born. Goat <laughs> boy is healthy and strong. Thanks to Dr. Brick. Brinkley's revolutionary goat gland procedure. Our boy John Brinkley becomes famous, nationwide famous, worldwide famous headlines. He's all over the place. He starts touring the nation. People come from all over to his clinic to take part in the procedure, and he starts touring across America. He even ran for governor of Kansas twice and almost won. That is how popular he became through the 1920s and 30s, thanks to his weird goat testicle procedure. He had his own radio station. Okay. His own radio show toured America. He had a he had a biography commissioned about his life, which sold like hot cakes. 
And the papers at the time reported that many Hollywood bigwigs lined up for the GOAT procedure. The way the story went was he wanted to set up clinics for his GOAT procedure in all of the major cities in America. So we went to L.A. and said, I want a clinic here. And L.A. said, no, you're, no, no, you're not setting up <laughs> But But we will do this. You are very popular and people really want your procedure. So how about this? We'll give you a temporary license. So he shut up. He set up a temporary shop for like 30 days. And all of these fucking Hollywood actors and directors and big wigs and studio heads lined up to pay, to pay him thousands of dollars to get goat testicles implanted in them. And this was uh, John Brinkley's life through the 1920s and 1930s. Dude was rich and famous. Meanwhile, the American Medical Association has been keeping eyes on him. They've been sending spies into his clinic. And they've been keeping records of all the shit he's doing. Finally, they have enough. So in 1938, the editor of the Journal of the American Medical Association, a Morris Fishbein MD, published a two-part series of articles entitled Modern Medical Charlatans, which featured an in-depth look into John Brinkley's life and his so-called credentials. Well, John Brinkley was pissed because he was super famous and rich at the time. And so he sued uh, Morris Fishbein and the American Medical Association for liable. And the court ruled in favor of, of course, Morris Fishbein, MD. So John Brinkley was deemed a quack, and this unleashed a massive torrent of lawsuits, all totaling around $3 million in 1930s time money. Yeah. Three million dollars then. And then the IRS came knocking because apparently he was also committing tax fraud on the side. And then the United States Postal Service came knocking because also mail fraud. And all of this was just too much for our boy. And he died penniless in San Antonio. He was buried at Forest Hill Cemetery in Memphis, where his grave to this day is still defaced okay regular basis and that is it for the story of john brinkley the goat testicle doctor but here's the thing numerous books have been written about this guy his entire life is a story simply the story of his owning a radio station yeah is in and of itself a novel because technically he was the first person in like the 1920s to ever have what they call a border buster station I might be messing up the name, but he was the first person to have a radio station right on the fucking border between America and Mexico uh-huh and he's just like, hey, we're going to play American music and Mexican music, and we're going to talk to you. And, and and his station became a hit in Mexico. Uh-huh. And they loved it there. And then eventually America said, okay, John Brinkley, we're shutting down your radio station. And he said, fine. And just hopped the border yeah. and set up 
another station right on the border that was suddenly blaring to America. And he set up at the time the largest radio tower in all of North America. So he would he would be like broadcasting from the border of Mexico and you could hear him clearly in Kansas City. Yeah. Because that's how tall his radio station was. Um, FYI, while learning this story, I heard that in 2016, they made a partially animated documentary about him. Oh, yeah? And it's just called Nuts. (laughs) I spent like three days looking for it, and I finally found it last night. So eventually, when we're done with the summer of Fred Willard, we are going to have to the documentary nuts i haven't seen it yet because i wanted to do the shap first yeah but i love the fact that this guy became famous for dropping animal testicles in people's nut sacks and it's like how does everyone not know this amazing story and i think we glossed over just a couple of points here that we sort of need back need to go back to okay did goat boy have horns no, no. No, he didn't his have horns? What Billy. a goddamn disappointment that is. What? His name was Billy, and he was a <laughs> healthy, normal boy. Okay. And then second, really, like, like you're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. Okay? But if if you found yourself in a position where you're about to take a knife and cut open another man's nutsack, you're going to want to have a couple of drinks first. You know, you're going to want to be be loose, you know. You want to be relaxed. You know, you want to put other thoughts out of your mind and, and and you know, wow. just do it. Funny. Yes. I have been researching this story for about a week and a half. Yeah. It wasn't until just now that Maxwell informed me that the kid's name is Billy Goat. Billy. Yeah. Did I not notice that? This whole time I've been like ordering <laughs> Amazon and shit. How did I not realize that the goat boy they named Billy? How did I not come? How did I not like Billy. connect Billy. dot one and dot two? What? <laughs> Yeah, Billy Go. Billy Go. Okay, you, n- now I get it. Thank you, Maxwell. I, I just figured that out. I'm such a freaking idiot. Anyway, that's he just, it. He just sounds like a predecessor of Bat Boy. Yeah. 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 So that's it for John Brinkley. They announced that they were making a big budget Hollywood movie about his life. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. was set to star as John Brinkley. But unfortunately that was announced in 2017 and nothing else has been heard from this movie since. So I'm pretty sure that this movie isn't happening anymore because I mean, if they announced the casting in 2017, the movie should be done by now. Yes. Yes, it should. So I'm still I'm still though crossing my fingers in the hopes of seeing Robert Downey Jr. put goat testicles in people's bodies because th- this is an amazing story. Yeah. Next week we're going to be talking about two more words 
Irish Dracula. Okay. That's next week's chef. So join us next week for more educationally uneducational fun with Steve's Historic Approximations. Isn't Dracula pretty much Irish anyway? No, no, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. I'm working on an Irish Dracula impersonation, but it's difficult. So it's like, oh, hi, that there's the the creatures of the night there, don't you know? Like, I, I, I start Irish and then end up Minnesotan. Yeah. So I'm working on that. <laughs> oh, hey, what beautiful music they make there. So I, I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on it. Yeah. But that's next week. Join us next week for more. <laughs>